Amen. Hey, good morning, Saylight Church. Hopefully you guys are doing well. As Jason said, my name is Eric, and uh, we're going to continue our series uh, in our core value series. So we're actually going to wrap them up today. Last week, Jason preached on in. Today, I get to preach on out. And what we love about our core values is that these things never change. They never shift. There's nothing about them uh, that, that um, we, we, don't, we don't differentiate from them. All right? They're down, up, in, and out. So everything starts with the gospel. All right? The first core value is down. All right? And so everything wraps around the truth of Jesus Christ, his deity, who he is. He's a son of God. And so we are actually also, uh, we are spiritually formed. Up is our second value. And so we want to begin to look more and more and identify with Jesus. We want to look more like him uh, as we are spiritually developed. All right, so we got down, up. Uh, last week, Jesus preached on in, and that's all about community. All right, we love being with each other, uh, sharing stories, sharing life, uh, having a meal together, doing coffee, whatever it looks like. We want to be in community, playing board games, uh, whooping people. Uh, in, um, and so board games is always a fun thing, right? Uh, fourth, uh, we have out. Out is all about mission. I know that looks a lot, a lot different for the past year and a half. Uh, with COVID, uh, but uh, this is our last and most important value is being on mission. Basically, we want to engage the world around us. We want to show people the love of Christ by how, um, how, how we serve and how we love each other. Now, as Jason read this morning, uh, I want to highlight uh, just uh, what Jesus is talking about in the Great Commission. Uh, just before he leaves his disciples, he gives them uh, this commission. He gives them the Great Commission. He says to go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. Now, first of all, I want to define what is a disciple. I know that there's a lot of definitions that someone can give to us. Uh, there's a lot of definitions we've heard. Uh, but I want to make it a simple definition, all right? A disciple is someone who is a follower of Jesus. A disciple is someone that is a follower of Jesus. And they realize that the authority that Jesus has been given from heaven and from earth is given to us as well. So a disciple uh, is someone that understands that as a follower, we've been given authority to do uh, what Jesus has done and to proclaim the good news of the gospel. And so that's what a disciple maker is. A disciple maker is someone who wants to proclaim the good news, we want to see people get baptized, and to teach people to obey all that God has uh, taught, uh, all that he's commanded, which is to love God and to love people. And so Jesus invites his disciples into the Great Commission. And what he does is he invites them to change, to shift their priorities, all right? As, as they get invited, they're invited into something that's so much greater than themselves. It's bigger than their careers as, as fishermen. It's greater than their families. It's greater uh, than their life, all right? These guys are willing to lose their life for the Great Commission. And I believe that Jesus is inviting us into something so much bigger than ourselves. Jesus is inviting us into something bigger than ourselves. Do you remember the first time that you felt like you were involved in something that was so much bigger than you. It was something that you didn't think you could do, all right? It could be med school. Uh, this could be uh, marriage. This could be a new career. Uh, this could be, I know some people are laughing now. This, this could be grad school. This could be getting your license for the first time. Or if you're a parent, uh, giving your keys uh, to your 16-year-old kid for the first time, all right? That is very scary. That's above our head sometimes, all right? And so for me, I remember the first time that I was in over my head. All right, I was 23 years old, and I look back on this, and I was still a kid, man. If you, it, like, you'll see a picture in a little bit, but I was a little kid. I was green. I was fresh off the boat. I didn't know what I didn't know, all right? And so one of the things that I was invited into was I was invited to be a, um, a missionary, 
And so I went overseas to work for uh, a sports ministry. And um, again, I quickly realized that even though I was in an another country that spoke English, they didn't speak our English, all right? They spoke English, but not the kind of well, English we speak. They played football, but they didn't play our football. They had barbecues, but trust me, they did not have Kansas City barbecues. I don't even know what it is that they had. I, I wouldn't even know what, I wouldn't even call it bar. I don't, I don't know what you would call it. All right? it was, their food is terrible, all right? I'll just say that. It's really bad. Um, I remember sitting there in a, in a friend's house for the first month, and they were listening to a comedian. And I literally, everyone was laughing around me, and I couldn't understand what the guy was saying, all right? Everything he was saying, everyone was laughing. I'm like, I don't know what he's saying. Can, like, I wanted the subtitles up there. I hate subtitles, but I wanted the subtitles so I could actually understand what he was saying. But they didn't, the TV didn't understand what he was saying, all right? And so, so anyway, so as I'm there, as, as I'm there, I realize quickly that I am over my head. All right, I'm sitting there. I'm actually, as a missionary, I'm supposed to teach fifth graders, all right? And I'm terrified. I'm sitting in my car. I really think I cried a little bit. I actually cried. My hands were on the steering wheel, and I said, Lord, I can't do this. I, I'm, I'm terrified. I don't know what I'm doing here. Why did you send me here? I'm not equipped. And uh, as I prayed, I just really felt peace. I felt like God was like, okay, get your hands off the wheel. Walk into the school, and I got you on this, all right? So as I walked in, it definitely went better than I expected. I survived it. But that was my beginning process of, of really understanding what it looks like to be able to, to, be, to, to be a part of something greater than myself, to be a disciple maker, to be able to love people, to be able to love the mission that God has given to us. And so as I grew in my um, relationships in Wales, um, I just, I, I, I fell in love with God more. I fell in love with the people. Uh, I didn't fall in love with the food. All right, I have not missed that. Um, but um, I just realized uh, that God's kingdom is so much better than Eric. It's, it's so much bigger and better than Eric. It's so much bigger than the American that uh, I understand, all right? Uh, I, I don't know if that doesn't make sense, but like, we, you know, sometimes people say we speak American, all right? Uh, it's God is, God's kingdom is so much greater uh, than what we can understand. And I also believe that God is continuing to invite us into something bigger uh, than what we could ever, ex uh, ever experience on our, by ourselves. And so I want to share this picture with you, but basically what we did is we had people from all over the world, um, and yes, that's me about 60 pounds lighter, but um, we had people from all over the world that served. Uh, they were in Malawi, Nigeria, South Africa, um, Australia. Uh, somehow most people were from Nebraska. I, I have no idea. That was just a coincidence. Like four of the people were from Nebraska. Um, and so anyways, this was, this was the team that I got to serve on, and it was just a way for us to understand that we are, again, we're about something bigger than ourselves. And so whether you're invited to be a missionary or whether you're a truck driver, a single mom, a stay-at-home mom, a doctor, whatever it is, I firmly believe that God has invited us into something bigger than what we are. He, he's inviting us into something that is greater than any career move that we can have, any um, family we can have. He's inviting us into something uh, that has eternal value. And so as we look at Acts 1, 6 through 8, uh, this is powerful. This is part of the Great Commission as well. Um, he says, so when they had come together, the disciples came together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know time or season that the Father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And so the main thrust of this sermon is I want us to understand how the Great Commission really shapes our church, how the Great Commission should shape our lives. And, and one of the first points I want us to understand is this is the good news. This is really like, it, 
it really puts the pressure off us, all right? The first point says this. Jesus doesn't need our help, all right? Jesus does not need our help, but yet he still invites us to be part of the mission. And we see it in Matthew 28, 18, where he says, And Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and earth have been given to me. All authority has been given to Jesus. Jesus freely gives us his authority. Now, an example of this is uh, in our home right now, in our kitchen, Terry's doing some renovations. And uh, she's painting the trim. And um, one of the things that happens is she has to plan uh, around the kids' schedule. So the kids need to be asleep, taking a nap outside. i got to be watching them. i got to take them out. Uh, because otherwise, they're getting to paint. They're going to want to help. Our, our youngest, uh, Jaden and Rylan, they're prone to going in there, touching the paint, touching the, the brush. They want to make a mess out of it, right? And so the reality is, if they were left to themselves, if, if Terry went to the bathroom, she'd come back and there would be paint everywhere, in the carpet, on their face, outside on the lawn, in crevices I didn't even know existed in our, in our, in our house. It would not be pretty. But what she did was she wanted to be a nice mom, and she's like, you know what, I'm going to invite them in uh, to take a part, to take part in, the, in, the, in, in painting the trim. But I'm going to hold their hand, and I'm going to make sure they, they do it for maybe like three seconds, okay? And then they can go, they can go, uh, they can go around, uh, about their way. But the reality is I think God in a lot of ways does the same thing to us. Uh, if we're left to our own um, devices, like it's not going to go pretty, all right? If we're going to try to do things on our own, uh, it's not going to really build God's kingdom. And so God invites us into that and says, hey, I don't need your help, but let me take your hand and let me show you how to paint the crevice. Let me show you how uh, to clean the paint up. Let me show you how to be responsible and not get paint everywhere, all right? I can't even, this is a perfect job for Terry. The, the paint I need to do is like a big wall where there's no mess-ups that can happen, all right? And so even me, I need help, all right, with those, with, with those crevices. But in a lot of ways... Um, I really believe that God is inviting us in, and, and, and we understand that without his help, nothing is going to happen. His kingdom will not be built. His kingdom is built when we align our, our, our lives with him and say, God, use us for your glory. Uh, we have no idea what that looks like, but we trust you. And in Acts 7, 17, 24, describes how God's kingdom really is built. It says, the God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth. And doesn't live in the temples built by human hands, and he is not served by human hands as if needed anything. Rather, he himself gives everyone life and breath and everything else. So again, Jesus is not asking his disciples to help because he needs their help. He is inviting them in to play a part. He doesn't need their help. And before Jesus ascends, he, all the disciples know is, is, is how to fish. They know how to count money. They know how to be a tax collector. But as soon as the Holy Spirit is, uh, falls upon them, all of a sudden they understand um, what it means to be a disciple, what it means to build God's kingdom. And it starts with the authority. It starts with Jesus is in control. Jesus is the one uh, that is going to control the narrative of our kingdom. And so we are invited uh, to be part of this mission, and God finds pleasure in that. All right, God finds pleasure in us being part of his mission. And in fact, the mission really is all about, is, is what God's heart is all about. God's heart is all about people. He loves people, and we get to, be a, to, to, to play a part of that. And so our second point says this, Jesus invites us to make disciples. All right, Jesus invites us to make disciples. Now, what does that mean to make disciples? How do we make disciples? I know that's, that, that sounds good and all, but how in the world do we make disciples? And uh, there's two things I want us to look at. It says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, he says, 
baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and teach them to observe all that I have commanded you to do. So we see that we're supposed to baptize, and we're supposed to teach all that, uh, all that, all that, they, all, all that Jesus has commanded them to do. And so after we become disciples, that's our main goal right there. And I, I want us to understand what City Light Church is all about. City Light, Kansas City, derived its name from Matthew 5.14, where it says, You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Where there is darkness, we call to, to bring light. So we're not called to be confined to a building. We are, we are a people, all right? We're not, we're not a program, uh, but we are a community. We are, d- we, are divested, we are invested in each other, all right? And so we're not about a program. We're not about a building. And this happens because we are engaged with each other. We, are, we engage our culture. We do life together. We, we laugh together. We cry together. Uh, we play pickleball together. All right, we set, um, we set things in place for us uh, to show people that, man, we love each other. And the world looks about that and says, man, that's what I want. I want that. I want to be part of something bigger than myself. And so we are moving to make disciples. And the text again says, the first thing again is we baptize people in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And I, I got I to gotta give Jason some props. Um, and so Jason has actually been meeting with um, a few people, and, and he's been, uh, as he's been meeting with people, uh, there's a few guys that want to get baptized. And um, this, is, this is really Jason just shepherding, loving, meeting one-on-one. Uh, and so we want to, to continue to do this this fall. We're going to actually do baptisms. We'd love for people that have never uh, really publicly confessed, hey, I'm a believer in Christ. I'm a disciple. I'm a disciple maker. Uh, and so we'd love to see more and more people get baptized. And so as we continue to talk about that, we can share more of what that looks like. And uh, we'd love for you to be a part of that. And so when we receive and believe the gospel message, again, we are, we are disciple makers. We become um, disciple makers. We become people that want to multiply the vision and the mission of, Jesus, of the gospel. And so this, this, um, this response is also the response to a loving God and loving people. So we say that to love God and love people means that we are going to be baptized. But it also means uh, to love God and to love people means that we're going to respond to the invitation. All right, we're going to respond to the invitation. That means that we're going we're gonna to teach and obey what God has commanded us to do. And so there's five things I want us to look at, all right. As we kind of um, delve into this, I want to look at prayer, worship, uh, authenticity, trust, and thankfulness. Those are the five things I want us to look at because those are the five things, those are five ways that we can respond to Jesus' invitation. All right, so the first one, I want to share this. Um, this past week, uh, I was on a phone call with the, the, the missionary team that you saw earlier. Uh, I was on a phone call with them, um, and Elroy uh, was the guy right next to me. Uh, he, he's on the right-hand side. Uh, he had COVID. He's from South Africa. He got COVID, and uh, sadly, things just, uh, he was sedated, and um, he had a lot of infections, and uh, three weeks after being sedated, um, he sadly passed away. And so before that happened, on Wednesday, we all came together, and we wanted to pray for our brother. And uh, as, we, as we prayed, uh, it was just a reflection, really, of, of God's grace, of God's goodness. Like, the reason why we br- were brought together wasn't because of our favorite sports team. It wasn't because of a career. We were brought together because of the kingdom. We were brought together because of the good news of Jesus. We were brought together to pray for our brother because uh, we got to labor together uh, in, 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 in discipling people overseas. And so as we were brought together, it was just a, it was just a, a, a beautiful picture of, of, even though he passed away, it was a, a beautiful picture of, of, of the kingdom of God, of praying. Like these people know how to, 
So people I've prayed with, they like they pray like only God can really help them. All right, like they have this sense about them uh, that is different that I don't have that I that I yearn for that I want. When they worship, when they pray, it's different and uh, it's it's authentic. And so one of our first responses to the invitation is that we want to be prayer warriors. We want to pray. We want to line our wills up. We want to we want to ask God, man, would you please use us? Would you please um, help us understand? Uh, where we are in the context of your kingdom. I think another thing is, uh, the second thing I want to talk to is worship, all right? When we worship, we need to be in awe of what God has done, being in awe uh, that God has brought us here, that he's saved us, that he, 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 he leads us, and that uh, even under this church body right here, we're under one name. We worship the name of Jesus, and we're, we, are, uh, we just give everything back to God. And we understand that we've, we've been uh, raised from life, from death to life. And so the third attribute I want us to look at as far as our, our invitation, our, our response to God's invitation is being authentic. Uh, we want to be a church uh, that is authentic. So that means that we are low touch, or sorry, low tech, high touch. Let me say that again. We are, we are low tech, high touch, uh, which means that there's not going to be a lot of glitz and glamour. All right. You're not going to come back here because of strobe lights. And there's nothing wrong with that. We're not, but we're just not that church. All right. Uh, we turn off a light and we turn on a light. That's 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 where we roll. Uh, but also, uh, we've realized though uh, that um, uh, programs as well isn't what's going to really drive our church. It's the community. It's the people. We gather on Sundays and we scatter throughout the week. Uh, we love the fact that sometimes there's more people in our city groups that go throughout the week than they actually attend on Sunday mornings, and we're fine with that. We we, we celebrate that. But we want to engage our culture. We want to we be able to start with the gospel. We want to preach the gospel. We want to preach the good news. And we want to be spiritually formed as disciples. And we want to be, be in community. We want to be on mission. And so being authentic actually reminds me of, of one of the pastors that I knew that was, he was praying every Sunday that his church would grow. He had an issue. So um, there was, a, there was a, another church that moved in right, right beside him. And um, every Sunday, there would be more people that would leave his church to go to that new church. And so he was, he was really struggling with that. He's like, Lord, I need your help. And so the next Sunday as he was praying, Lord, please bring me more people, he found out more people were leaving his church to go to that church. And so finally he, he ended up praying. He said, Lord, you know what? I prayed that there's so many people that go to that church that they have to go to our church because there's no room for them to sit uh, in that other church. And so being authentic, uh, regardless of what happens, regardless of uh, of, of what we think um, should happen in, in our own lives. I think we have to be genuine. We have to be genuine as a church. We have to be genuine with our love, how we love God and how we love people and how we celebrate people, how we, how, how we show that God is in control and, and, and how God is the one uh, that is our treasure and he's our hope. And so fourthly, real quick, I want to look at trust. Uh, we respond to, the, to discipleship. We respond to God's call through trusting him. Our response should be trust. We know that Jesus has all the authority. Uh, we know that Jesus um, is in control of all things. Uh, God has a plan for his leaders. He has a plan for his people. He has a plan for his family. We can trust that. He's good. The pressure is off. We can trust that we don't have to be in control. I know sometimes we like to hold on to control, uh, but we can let that go. And we can say, God, you got it. And I, I can trust you and that I can, I can actually uh, glorify you in that. It's not about my skill. It's not about my talent. It's all about what you can do. And lastly, uh, being thankful, being thankful that God has invited us into his kingdom, being thankful that, that we are a part, that we get to play a small part, that we get to play a role, and knowing that he doesn't need us, he still invites us in. 
And so for, the, for, our, for our application part, I want, us to sh- I want to share basically what it is that we celebrate at Seal Lake Kansas City. What is it that we celebrate? We celebrate when the church comes together and we worship together. We celebrate whenever we get to c- connect um, th- uh, with our city groups throughout the week. We celebrate, um, again, this is, this is a picture of us playing pickleball on, on Wednesday, all right? I think um, Glenn, Glenn smashed some people, all right? And so we celebrated Glenn beating everyone in pickleball. Uh, but also we celebrate city groups multiplying, all right? We have another city group multiplying. Um, Jason's gonna, uh, Jason and Sarah will be down in Independence. Uh, they're going to be multiplying a city group, and so we, we look forward to seeing how other people can uh, really be invested in that part of the city and seeing that grow. Uh, we believe that God has also called us uh, to plant churches. Now, we haven't physically planted a church as far as financially and, and going down to Kansas, but we have sent two of our uh, leaders um, to, to plant churches, which is awesome. Uh, one of these guys is uh, Matt Keller. He was a church planting resident. He moved to southwest Iowa. Uh, and so he's co-planting with another guy. Uh, we got to pray for him last year. Jason's got his mask on. Uh, we're safe. Uh, and so uh, we got to pray for that, him and Sarah. And uh, they're down in Suya. They're uh, co-planting with uh, Tyler Mass. And uh, they're just, they're loving life right now. All right. It's a good time uh, just to see their families come together and really multiply and make disciples. The another guy we had, we, we, we kind of lost him, was uh, Kenan, Kenan and Jordan. Uh, we got to send them away uh, to West Council Bluff. If you don't know where that's at, that's okay. Um, so in West CB, uh, they are there. Uh, him and uh, Jordan uh, are serving the church well, the community well. Uh, we need some, um, some more churches where they're at. And so they took the call, and they're there. So we celebrate that. We celebrate, even though we lost some good people, we, we didn't lose them. We multiplied out. And so that's what we're celebrating we're celebrating multiplication. So whenever, we, we, whenever other city groups multiply, we never divide, we never lose, uh, we gain, okay? We multiply out. And so as we close, um, I also just pray that, I think Jason and I's prayer is that the Great Commission would influence, again, how we pray. It would, it would influence how we pr- pray, how we bless others, how we share our faith. Um, and, and I think sometimes people get a little afraid about, man, I got to share my faith. What does that mean? What does that look like? I have no idea what to do. So I just want to give some, some, some really e- uh, easy tips to share your faith. Really, all you do is you think about what, what was your life like before you came to faith in Christ? Everyone can answer this. So if there was two words uh, that, that you could say, uh, what are those two words? I know for me it would be didn't know. I, know I, I don't want to say I didn't know, but I'm going to say didn't know. And what I mean by that is I didn't know uh, that believing in God uh, wasn't good enough. All right. Whenever before I came to faith in Christ, I believed in God. And I was good. Like, like what, what else do I need? I believe in God. Well, then what, what you have to think about is what happened to, to transition that? Where did God intersect in your life? I know for me, I was literally like watching an infomercial on, you guys listen to Christian radio or, or like, like really cheesy infomercials? So there was a cheesy infomercial, and it was about Christian music. And there God really spoke to me the first time where he said, Eric, I love you. And, and I'm like, man, like that, it was like, it was, if God can speak through that, all right, he can speak to anything, all right, especially Chris, especially Michael W. Smith, all right. Uh, anyways, so I won't, I, I, got, I can go down that trail for a long time. But um, that was the first time I realized he loved me. And so at the transition point was, man, Jesus, or God said, hey, you can either go left or right. You can keep going the direction you're going, or you can believe that Jesus is the son of God, all right. And so I went from I don't know to Jesus is, is, is the Son of God. Do I trust that? 
And so from there, you kind of just share, hey, here's who I was before. Now, as God has transformed my life, here's what I believe today. And so then you can share your story. Here's how God uh, saved me. So this isn't anything you have to talk for like an hour about. You can literally share your faith in 30 seconds. So be thinking about an elevator story of who you were before, um, how did God intersect your life, and what has Jesus done now? Everyone's got a testimony if you're a believer. If you're a true believer, you have a testimony. So what has God done to change your life? When you look back, how, how is your life any different? And so I think as we also close up, I, I, also, I also believe that um, the Great Commission is going to influence how we serve. All right? One of the things that Jesus, the good news about Jesus Christ is that he didn't judge or shame them. When people deserve to be judged and shamed, he didn't do that. All right? He came to them and said, I know you're a prostitute. I know you're a tax collector. But come, come. All right? I'm going to love you. I'm going to feed you. I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to advocate for you. He didn't say, hey, go ahead and change your behavior. I need you to go ahead and, and step down. I need you to go ahead and say, hey, I no longer do those things. He said, come as you are. That's the good news of the gospel. And too many of us, sometimes we believe in behavior modification. Oh, I've got to be a good person. If I'm a good person, then God's going to accept me. Uh, the good news of the gospel is that he accepts us even in our badness. <laughs> he accepts us even when we're running away from him. He comes to us. And so that's our prayer is that as we hear the good news, we realize that we have a testimony, that we have a God that's going to run after us. He's going to save us. He is going to turn our paths towards him. And so as we, again, as we look and understand that Jesus chooses us, all right, he doesn't need to use us, uh, we realize that, man, we've been given power. We've been given authority. This only comes through Jesus Christ. And we realize that he invites us in to multiply disciples and to make disciples. He invites us to, to see people get baptized. Just because Jason's talking to these guys, doesn't mean that, that doesn't mean we can't do the same thing. We can influence our coworkers. We can influence other people by just by sharing our faith. We share our faith, and we want to see people come to faith, and then we baptize them. And our response uh, is really, how, how do we pray? All right, how do we pray? How, do we, um, how, how is our faith authentic? How do we trust? How are we thankful? Uh, these are things that are going to naturally... Um, make us into disciples, to love God and to love people. And so, guys, as, as we just, as we just um, close up, I just want us to understand, do we really experience the power and love of God? Do we really experience um, all that he's inviting us into? Do we understand that we are joining his mission, and it's the best thing for our lives? It's, it's so much greater than anything else we can do when we are joining the mission. And again, you don't have to be a missionary to go to Africa uh, to understand God's mission. You can do and understand God's mission right here in your own homes, in your own cities, in your own communities. And so as we pray, I really want us to, man, just to think about, think about your story. Think about, man, like where where were you at before you met Christ? Where were you at during that transition of God uh, telling you he loves you with Michael W. Smith's song? Um, It wasn't even that. I don't even know what song it was. But uh, where, where were you at after God met you? And so as we pray... And uh, we take communion. Um, again, I just want us to really reflect on, on God's goodness and God's love. So, Lord, we want to thank you, man, that everything starts with your gospel. We want to thank you that everything starts with your word. And, uh, and we just ask, Lord, that you would just continue uh, to lead and guide us into your goodness. Um, and that you would lead and guide us in your faithfulness. And that as we understand that we are invited, you don't need to use us. Um, uh, we understand, Lord, that, that you, you want us to obey your commands. You want us to love God and love people. But you also want us to have an understanding 
faith and make disciples that make disciples that multiply churches. And so, Lord, as as we um, trans transition into communion, um, man, we just we just pray, Lord, that again we would understand who we were at one point in time and who we are today is two different things. And so, it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, guys, as we as we transition into communion, this is just a time again that we can reflect on our weeks, reflect on who God is, how He's changed us, and and we invite all the believers to come up and just uh, uh, to taste and see that the Lord is good. And so take some time to reflect, and um, you can come up whenever you're ready.